He's like, I'm here to wheedle out the week. And guess what, <laughs> buddy? True. We fucking won. And we're I over it. Even. And we're plowing yeah. on to the last two thirds. Welcome to the Bring Your Own Book Podcast. I'm Tilly. I'm Nikki. And I'm Kelly. We are still going strong on our Tolkien miniseries, and today we're discussing the second half of The Two Towers, or Book Four, also known as The Ring Goes East. Last week we read the synopsis and talked about what editions we're reading, so we're just going to jump right into our discussion, since I'm sure we all have lots of feelings. I know I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> uh, so let's just get it going. What do we think, gals? Oh, boy. <laughs> I stand so, strong on my opinion that this is my least favorite part of the whole series. I will say it was short. It felt very short It didn't short feel to short. Me. Oh, really? It felt very no, long. not to me. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> I blazed through this last uh, book, I guess we'll say, this last half of The Two Towers, I blazed right on through. I don't know what was up with me, but I was just like, let's get it done. And I put my audiobook on two or two and a half, and I just read along, and I just went on my merry way. Because I was like, I need to get through this, because <laughs> Nikki, you scared me with your talk of dirt. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I can't do this. I can't. So I was like, okay, let's just go for it. Um, it wasn't as dry as I expected it to be, but I think it's because mm. I put it up so fast while I was reading along. I think if I had just read it by itself, I would have fallen asleep because I still almost drifted off a few times <laughs> while I was reading this. So um, yeah, it didn't go as badly as I thought, but I still really like the first half of this book much more. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. I think the thing that makes this half of the book really hard is that the whole time we're like, Gollum is a piece of shit obviously (laughs) everybody knows and frodo just keeps going it's okay he hasn't done anything yet let's just wait for him to do something really bad oh wait and then he does and then guess what not good for frodo so i don't know just i don't know and frodo's always like we have to have pity for him or like we have to you know and sam is so vicious like you see him change on a dime (laughs) yeah Yeah, Sam, Samwise forever for me, because, uh, the, yeah, the second half of this book, I guess the last, like, 40%, it was just so monotonous, and I, intentionally, obviously, because the whole thing is that they're they're marching to Mordor, and I did really like how Tolkien, like, broke up all the, like, pieces of text, so there were a lot of, like, paragraph spaces and things and it almost felt like you were kind of living a little fever dream along with Frodo and Sam because you know like just a little snapshot of a thing would happen and then they'd sleep and then something else would happen and all this stuff so I did appreciate the format change there Mm. but I really do feel that Peter Jackson made a brilliant adaptation to or decision to um, intersperse the Frodo and Sam stuff in the movie Mm -hmm. and I really think that could have helped the book a lot it's just I don't understand why it had to be all the action and then all the like boring. I know. Because it just, it makes no sense. I thought the same thing. I'm like, okay, I understand. It's like, okay, this is 
a very easy way to divide this. Uh, it's like, okay, I know that he wrote it in six books and one huge tome. So it's like, okay, it's, it's more clear, I guess, if you separate it with like, okay, Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli, and then uh, we ha- and Merry and Pippin, and then we have Frodo and Samwise and Gollum. But like, oh my god, dude, why can't we go back and forth? Like, really? I know. Pretty sure that was a thing in the 30s. I don't think that was like a new concept of like, we can change perspectives, you know? <laughs> like- well, now that you say that, I'm like, it definitely is a more modern concept. Like, we're seeing mm. a lot of, especially YA novels these days do like a lot of changing perspectives and we see it a lot more with romance novels Mm -hmm. the like dual perspectives and i'm thinking back to like older books that i read in my undergrad how many of them had changing perspectives not a lot so now i'm talking myself out of my criticism because i'm like he didn't know any better like this was really good storytelling at the time and maybe it was but and and now i do find i crave a little bit more variety (laughs) i think too he was like i want to write a really long book and this Congrats. is just kind of, this is the hump. If you can't get over yes. this, you're fucking weak. You don't know anything. You, <laughs> you can't do anything. That's what J.R.R. Tolkien's thinking. He's just like, he's like, I'm here to wheedle out the weak. And guess <laughs> what, buddy? True. We fucking won. And we're I over it. it. And we're plowing yeah. on to the last two thirds. Yeah. And I will say, the last like 50 pages were pretty exciting, I thought. I was yeah. reading them this afternoon, and <laughs> I was shook at how descriptive the uh, the words for Shelob were, like her kind of reveal as this spider creature, her like bit of backstory about her like evil history. I w- really ate that shit up. I was having a ball because in the movie, it, it happens all very quickly mm-hmm. and you don't get all of that like kind of talk about her. And you know what? Finally, a female character. I'll I take know. what I can get. Thank the you. Spider. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Rude. Is she like a goddess, Nikki? Is she like a spider goddess? Like, what is she? I don't have the info to back that up, but I hope so. Honestly, I hope so too. When they were talking about her, like going into the depths to like heal her eyes for yeah. her next like prey, so that she could come up and she could kill some more, and I was like, "Yes, lady, get them, kill them all." I know. Oh, God, yeah. if I have to pray to was... a spider goddess, I'm doomed. <laughs> Honestly, the whole time because I just finished this today as well, so that whole section I listened to earlier, um, the whole time I was just thinking of elijah wood in the movie when you oh, see yeah. him wrapped up and he's going like ah, yeah, like yeah. yeah and he's got like green bubbling yeah, yeah. It's so gross he really does that a lot in the movies like there's yeah. a lot every every movie it feels like there's an opportunity for him to be like drooling something gross it's his calling card i mean and you got it flaunt it yeah i mean if yeah. that was my trick you know i'd pull that out every chance i could like when i see my lips bubble okay great <laughs> But also, That's Tilly, so <laughs> when <laughs> when you said, like, okay, Tolkien wanted to write a monotonous section, um, congrats, you did it. But also, yeah. like, why? Why would you ever be like, I want to write a really dry, boring section of text here? Like, okay, Steinbeck, we get it. You well, know, like, I guess Steinbeck was after, but... <laughs> Everything back then was dry and boring. Not everything. Like, that's a generalization. But a lot of things back then were like, uh, like, yes, the blades of grass 
and look at this painting of a whale for 10 fucking pages. So it's, that's what it was. So the fact that there's only one section that's really like that is honestly like kudos to him because. Yeah, I mean, it was a grand literary tradition to be like kind of dry and really metaphorical and that's what I meant about if you wanted it to be monotonous because I think it's it it makes you feel like Frodo and Sam were feeling right so it's like almost like a literary device in that way where you feel like you're plodding along trying to like get up that hill um and I think that's successful do I think it's fun No. no but he didn't mean it to be fun I don't think that's fair. I mean, I did feel accomplished when I finished this. I was yeah. like, oh my god, I have one novel left. Me. Me. You did it. Little old me <laughs> who thought I could never read this series. <laughs> well, well look at me that? now. Because you when I was read. a kid. Well, I know. Oh, but I just okay. go back to when I was a kid and then I like, I just got scared because I'm like, this is way too dense and thick. I don't even know what copy my library had at my school because it was huge. It was not this little paperback I have, you know, because this looks like nothing, especially to what I read now. But like, as a kid, and I mean, I read a lot as a kid, I had a high reading level for my age too. And I was like, I cannot get through this crap. Like, (laughs) I just could not do it. So I just thought I'm never gonna be able to do it. Whatever, I enjoy the movies, that's fine. And then we already talked about how the fandom can be quite toxic. Don't want to name names. I don't know anyone by name. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to name names. Adam, <laughs> Adam, Cain, <Blake>. Abel, <laughs> yeah. random, just random boy names, you know, yes. random biblical names, because why not? <laughs> but like, you know, that also really freaked me out because I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. So I'm really glad that we're reading it together because it's just more fun that way, I think. And like, yeah, I felt super badass when I finished. I was like, oh my God, I did it. <laughs> I love that. I have done none of the hard work, but I feel like I did. <laughs> well, it's not not hard work. That's true. I mean, and it's like a yeah, lot I to dedicate to read this entire <laughs> thing. Yeah. It's not like we're all reading it for fun and we're just we just decided to do this. Like we have deadlines so that yes. we can record yeah. these episodes and I have to like try to sound somewhat smart at times <laughs> for this episode <laughs> or these episodes. <laughs> I gotta say, thank God for the deadlines, because otherwise I think I would just, I mean, I still procrastinate, but I would procrastinate even more and then maybe not even finish it. So I'm glad for the deadlines. I will say I do find, because I also couldn't finish these as a kid. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, the first half of the two towers is so boring. All they talk about is grass, blah, blah, blah. Now I was like, oh my God, I loved it. I haven't found any parts dense. Have I found it boring at times slightly boring yeah. or slightly slow paced mm-hmm. but there were still lots to love in this last 40 percent of the book love the shelob stuff loved sam wise and every time he talks to mr frodo i love it <laughs> they had that really sweet talk about like in the songs they'll be singing like don't forget yeah. about sam wise oh you know God, i want to yeah. hear more about him dad i was like yeah. oh <laughs> yeah that part so, makes me cry in the love. movie and it made me cry oh, yeah. when I was listening to the book, too. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's just something about that. That's the f- like we talked a lot in the last episode about um, Frodo 
and maybe it wasn't the last episode. I'm just editing all of these like in the weirdest <laughs> order. But we talked a lot in one episode about how um, Frodo and Sam aren't really friends. And I think uh, after the end of this book, that's going to they change are. for Frodo if it mm-hmm. hasn't already, yeah. because Sam's about to save your ass. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 And there's so many themes in, in the second half, too, about like, humanity and kind of like perseverance through darkness and you know that great quote that sam has is that in the fellowship or in the two towers i forget about like the stories that carry us through because there's some good in the world and it's worth fighting for i think it's this one i think i think it's this one too Yeah. yeah and there's so many like wonderful lessons i think we can take from frodo and sam in this half of the book and also from faramir Faramir had a surprising amount of like really good wisdom and I don't know I really kind of enjoyed reading his sections what about you two I personally um I finished this book at the beginning of the month so (laughs) I forget some parts with him I remember liking him a lot and I remember um just like this might sound weird but like I felt like I had a lot of respect for him like he just seems like a really like noble gentleman yeah, and like stand up guy yeah and you know his poor brother oh my god but like and him even being able to recognize his brother's faults and still having yeah. love for him you know but being like yep i i understand i could see um that that could happen but i think in his last moments he was probably the man i know him to be and i'm like oh you're so right Ugh. and you're so sweet but i don't remember everything with him i do remember the oliphants coming out of nowhere and him being like oh, oh, yeah. oh who do we have here hobbits you know and i was like okay <laughs> but yeah yeah i <laughs> i uh, listened to most of this part of the book um with same. covid brain so oh, not same <laughs> Yeah, so uh, as we're recording this, I have COVID. It's not bad, but I am very tired a lot of the time. And, but yeah, I mean, I always love Faramir. He is just like such a champ. And he, I don't know. I just really like him. I really liked Boromir too. So mm-hmm. getting to spend the time with his brother and seeing also him interacting with Frodo and Sam. And then seeing his um, kind of like interactions with them also with Gollum makes mm-hmm. me like like him even more. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, love Faramir. Yeah, I do too. And I had a lot of a lot of sympathy for him. I remember watching the movies having a lot of sympathy for him too because they really play up. And maybe we we'll get into that more in the Return of the King. But in the Two Towers movie, they really play up the kind of flashback of. You know, him growing up with Boromir being the golden boy and Faramir being, like, the younger son who can't do anything right. And they have a really difficult father and, you know, but they're brothers and they they try and be there for each other and all that stuff. And so you see more of that in the movie than you do, at least in this book. Um, so I already had, like, warm, fuzzy feelings about Faramir because we love an underdog. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just the fact that he's so noble and so, um, good, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't jump to conclusions like a lot of the men do in like the men being the, the race of men, mm-hmm. um, in this book and how they're usually kind of tainted by the power of the ring. And yeah. I really felt that like, if the choice came to it, I don't think Faramir would have let that happen to him. Like, no. I think he had 
a really strong heart and that really spoke to me. Yeah. yeah. I want what's best for him. Me too. <laughs> also, I got so mad every time they mentioned an oliphant. So fucking mad. Because <laughs> what the fuck kind of cop out is that? You made up so many names for things, and then it gets to a big <laughs> elephant, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to call it an oliphant. <laughs> Fuck off. I mean, that is even, the worst. Yeah, even A.A. A. Milne with Winnie the Pooh was like, let's call it a heffalump and a woozle. Okay? Yeah. Like, not an oliphant. <laughs> also, heffalumps I mean- and woozles were the scariest things ever. No. <laughs> but also, woozles weren't the elephant ones. There was something else. <laughs> but- <laughs> Or the opposite, I don't know. (laughs) I definitely got the impression reading this that Sam thought it was called an Oliphant, but no one else called it that. They had a different word for it. Um, Like Faramir and his men, whose names were hilarious, and I forget them now. They're like Mablung and Drasur or something. Um, I think it's like hobbits call them that. Yes. And it's kind of like a cute thing, like a rustic mispronunciation of the word elephant. But I think that. Faramir's men called it like a murak or something. Hang on, let me find it. A murak. It was something that ended in a K. I remember because it was like, whoa, what a word. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that part, I was like, whoa, this came out of nowhere. Like, they're just sleeping on the ground or something. And then suddenly there's like these guys and these huge ass elephants. (laughs) Like, what the hell? I had to go back. I was like, did I miss something? (laughs) Like, what is happening? Oh my gosh. So you have COVID brain. I just perpetually have Kelly brain, which I don't know how much better it is. <laughs> they're I called, think both are wonderful. They're Thank called you. like Moomakil or something. Moomakil. And mm-hmm. it says known in Westron as Oliphants. Okay. So. What the hell is Westron? Good God. Yeah. I'm so. Oliphant bad. was the name given to them by hobbits. So. Great. Stupid, not just Sam, but stupid not nonetheless. Sam you know Sam what it just dumb. reminded me of? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we talked about this in another episode. Was it the last episode? We talked about what? About These elephant things? I think a little yeah, bit. I don't yeah. think so. And oh. I remember Tilly saying she thought it was cool that they were named that. But <gasps> the truth comes out. Which is it? I don't think so. <laughs> I remember talking oh, about no. it in Children of Blood and Bone. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's the thing. Oh. I was really surprised when you were like, I think this is stupid because I remember Kelly and I getting like, what oh, the yeah. fuck in Children of Blood and Bone? And you're like, I like that she called them cheetah nares because we were like, <laughs> fuck her. <laughs> and your cheetahs. Your cheetah nares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's cool. I, I, I'm neutral on the subject right now, on the subject of Oliphants. I just wanted to say, I thought it was just Samwise who called him that. But I've been proven wrong, and I'm happy to take that. <laughs> well, I think Heffalump is the ultimate choice. So I will just refer to them now as Heffalumps. <laughs> I don't think they come up much much anymore. But <sighs> okay, No, it was just at one time, just, a, just for a shock factor. Just for fun. <laughs> Disgusting. I will say, like... The beginning of this section, yeah, I was like, okay, we get it. There's a ravine. There's a steep <laughs> cliff side. Like, I get it, you know? But then yeah. I was like, because I haven't seen this movie in a while. Like, I've seen the first one the most. So I was trying to piece things together. And I knew, like, some of the things that were coming up. But, like, I truly, the only thing I remember of the last 
book, like the Return of the King, spoiler alert, not really, is that, um, you know, going to Mordor and Mount Doom and all that jazz. So that's all you remember. Oh, you're in for a treat. Yeah, I know. I don't remember like anything. So um, but this part, because I have a soft spot for Gollum, even though he's disgusting. I just like, I oh, don't know. Yeah, we what did talk is. about your love for Gollum in another episode. Yeah. yeah, I don't understand what it is. I think I just feel really bad for him because I think it's so clear that he just has never had a good life. Like, yeah. I feel like even from the start, because he was afraid of the light and then he was afraid of the dark and then he's just afraid of everything and then he's just got so much anger and pain. And I'm like, oh my God, you need therapy and like a hug, but I don't want to give it to you because you're freaky and you're going to kill me. But <laughs> <laughs> the point of this whole tangent was I was like so interested to see what is going to happen with him because I couldn't remember the movie and I knew that Sam does not trust him or like him, but I also was like, Frodo, could you like wise up a bit? Sam wise up a bit? Because like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a roll today. today. Yeah. <laughs> it's that lack of sleep I had the past two days. But like, I just was getting so mad because there's like, every okay, sure, everyone deserves a chance. But then there's a point where it's like, dude, do you really need his help? Can we even trust him that he knows where he's going? Can't and I'm okay. Wait a sec. I have I have a question. Back it Can't up. The you- sentence never ends. <laughs> Can't you see the big-ass tower with the eye in the middle? Don't you know that's the way to go? Why do you need oh, him? I think I think at this point it's that they don't know how to get through the gate into Mordor. Because oh. I think it's like there's a big black gate, but it's always locked, and they don't want to, like, arouse suspicion. Mm. So I think at that point they need Gollum to know, like, the secret passageway in. But yeah. good point. Yeah, because yeah. that's when they're... <laughs> They're, like, creeping, and that's when Sam's yeah. like, look, an Oliphant! <laughs> and there's the, all the all of the uh, armies marching into Mordor to help mm. help uh, Sauron. It's very Wizard of Oz. I'm getting, like, oh, 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 oh. oh. Yeah. I was honestly thinking about that earlier today and had that song stuck in my head. It is very much that. Oh well, I guess, God. wait, when did the Wizard of Oz come The out? 30s. Before. Yeah. I'm so, on to you, Tolkien. I'm on to you in your but game. You it's think you're also original? very, like, <laughs> Nazis. And I think that's probably yeah. what they're both drawing upon. Like, oh. commentary on war, you know? Yeah. Good, evil. Yeah. Yeah. The age-old. Regiments. Yeah. Order. Fascism. Mm-hmm. There's a lot a lot to unpack there, for sure. The eye. The yeah. single eye that watches over everything and can tell what you're doing. Very, very prescient. Does anyone know the Footloose musical, like, or just the old movie? Yeah, of the course. movie. Anyone? Somebody's yeah. eyes are watching. Mm-mm-mm. That's why I'm always like. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about hungry eyes. Oh, that's from dirty, dirty dancing. dancing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's a different eye entirely. I know it's a different different interpretation, but it's also an eye, and that's what I thought of. That's Aragorn's every time eye to Arwen. <laughs> Every time they talked about somebody running, I was just like, Gloria, you're always on the run now. (laughs) Are we going to make an 80s music video montage for this? I think so. I think we have to. I love that. We have so much greenery. Yeah. There's so many green fields here. We can just run through and be like, I have a ring. We can just hold it up. (laughs) 
I thought it was really cool and fun, kind of, in like some weird way. I don't know why, but I really liked that um, Faramir made everyone cover their eyes when they were traveling. <laughs> this seems to be a theme. Everyone is like, oh, close yeah. your eyes. <laughs> you know, like, I kind of want to do that with like new people coming to my house because I don't want everyone knowing <laughs> where I live. <laughs> Like I will meet you at the at the pickup point, and then I will like have you close your eyes. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm very I'm glad you just said for new people because I'm like I'm not gonna blindfold myself to drive to your house. I'm sorry, but yeah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> if you're driving, I'd have you meet me at a rendezvous point, and then I'd be oh. like, "Okay, close your eyes." But like, no, just for new people because I don't like everyone over at my house. Like, okay, listeners, I used to have my cousin living in the basement. And she would bring all these people over all the time. And I'm like, this is my house. I don't want everyone in this city to know where I live. Like, oh my God, that's just me. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> so <laughs> I am a hobbit, okay? I want to stay in my hole. <laughs> truly, all of us are kind of hobbits. I know you were both like, no, but elves. And I get it. But I think you got you to gotta realize in your heart that you yeah. might be a hobbit. And that's okay. But question... Okay, hypothetical question for everyone, <laughs> listeners, and you too. <laughs> Do you think you could have a hobbit with an elf? And if you did, what would their baby be? Could you be half elf, half hobbit? What would that look like? Oh my god, would you be like beautiful but have hairy feet? Ew. <laughs> It'd be a health. So are you asking about cross-species um, like, <laughs> pollination? <laughs> I don't know. Is it possible? Because, like... What if <laughs> I don't know? These are the questions J.R.R. did not consider, and he should have. I'm I going Sarah down. Didn't want it. <laughs> I'm going down a pretty steep rabbit hole in my mind right now because, <laughs> I mean, hobbits are what like around three feet tall. What if they're just like glory hole workers in Rivendell, <gasps> and like. <laughs> it's a new meaning to the hobbit. <laughs> they're the perfect height. They don't even have to hurt their knees. They can oh just stand there. <laughs> what is happening on this episode? Kelly, you started it. I yeah, did. this is your fault. I'm just going to take a hard pivot from this conversation <laughs> and talk about one of my favorite sections of the book. <laughs> Great. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> it was just, it was a quote, a sentence that I stopped and read again because I thought it was so beautiful. So it was when they came across this, um, like, Ithilian the like the really beautiful area in uh on the walk to Mordor mm-hmm. and um JRR just described it as such here spring was already busy about them fronds pierced moss and mold larches were green fingered small flowers were opening in the turf birds were singing Ithilien, the garden of Gondor now desolate kept still a disheveled dryad loveliness and I thought that was so beautiful. I've been spending a lot of time in the forest lately because I'm directing a Shakespeare play that takes place in a forest and we're doing it on, on, on in an actual forest. Mm-hmm. And this was just very beautiful to read about. And I loved the image of a disheveled dryad and being like that, that being kind of like the spirit of the forest. And I just really loved reading about that. So I wanted to share. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> Maybe the entwives are hiding in there. You know what I mean? Ooh. Maybe. We'll never know. Maybe. <laughs> I really feel like they've crossed into another dimension. Yeah, I don't think they want to be found, honestly. Because otherwise, like... I think you're right. Yeah, like, they're pretty big. You'd think that 
the other tree people or ants would be able to find them. <laughs> but they're also very slow, so I don't know. I know, and that that was so funny because when I asked that question for the social media, I was kind of feeling like sympathetic for Treebeard and the Ents because I have a like just part of me is like, oh, an older man is sad. Oh, my heart. <laughs> um, and both you two were like, get fucked. The Entwives can like do whatever they want to do now that they don't have their husbands. And I was like, whoa. Okay. Yeah, I think my answer was if they're smart, they'll stay gone or something oh, like yes! that. <laughs> I didn't mean I it in a mean way. I just meant like, maybe they're just enjoying being, you know, and they were great points, and I loved it very deeply. I just was coming at it from a different direction. I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I the I mean, I loved the first half of this novel the best, but I did like the end with the orcs and Frodo and everything because that I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh my god. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Because I couldn't remember exactly how it happened in the movie. So I was like... Sam just left him on the ground and I was like, what? But I remember him in that web, like Nikki said earlier, I remember him with his bubbling lip and everything. Yeah. And like, doesn't he get cut open? Like the web gets cut open, doesn't he get whatever? And then when the orcs came by and they're like, ha ha ha, like she's she hasn't finished with him yet or whatever, right? Like they they reveal that he's not dead. I'm not dead yet, right? <laughs> Yeah, Monty Python for you people. Um, I just was like, I was on the edge of my seat because, yeah, and like I said, I don't remember like anything coming up. So I'm like, how is Sam going to get him out? When are we going to see the rest of the fellowship? What remains of the fellowship? I don't know. And Gollum, he's somewhere lurking around. You know, I know he comes back because I do remember that part. I remember the very end of the movie. <laughs> so... The important bit, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it, 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 it was such a difficult decision for Sam to leave Frodo. And he yeah. took the ring and was like, made this big decision about, I'm the last one of the fellowship and this must be completed. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to leave Frodo and I don't want to have the ring, but I have to take it. And it was such a like powerful moment of yeah. Sam just being like, I will be the ring bearer because no one else will. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I fall further in love with Samwise in every episode yeah. and in every book that I read. And it truly is that TikTok that we saw about like the pathway from Legolas, the like unattainable hot one, to Aragorn, who was like sword husband, to Samwise, who is the plant dad. And that's so true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... I don't know. I don't think this is a hot take, but I'm just going to say hot take. I think I think Sam is the true overall hero of this huge story. And yeah. he gives me, even though this came first, uh, like Lord of the Rings came first, obviously, um, from what I'm going to say next, Samwise gives me huge Neville Longbottom vibes. Mm. And, you know, in um, the book that shall not be named, <laughs> we... Uh, <laughs> It could have been Harry or Neville, right? Like, it was one or the other. And, I mean, the only reason why Frodo is the one is because of Bilbo. And we see Sam being courageous. We see him being brave. Don't forget, I didn't forget because I thought this was so sad. In the first book, um, Sam had to give up his horse, and he was yeah. so attached to his horse, and it was basically like sending him off to die. Like we don't know what's, hap Bill. what's happened. Yeah, his horse was Bill. Yeah, 
And like he's given it's okay up a lot. because Fatty Lumpkin came and saved Bill. Oh, he oh, did. Oh yeah, Fatty Lumpkin. Okay, Tom Bombadil's horse. Yeah, pony. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, good. Yeah. That makes me feel a little better. But he has sacrificed a lot, and not like no one else has sacrificed anything in these books. Like, don't get me wrong, but. I just feel like, yeah, he is always there for the cause and they, for the most part, all are, but he is focused and he's like, I will do anything to support Frodo because we have this big goal to meet and I don't want anything to happen to him and he doesn't even want any credit for it. You know what I mean? No. I love him. He's the perfect man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like Harry Feet, though. With Ride or die, he would go with you to the ends of the earth. That's true. I guess I could deal with the hairy feet then, if he's going to be, like, amazing. Listen, my feet are a little hairy, and it hasn't stopped anyone from loving me, so. Oh, you're not a, you don't have hobbit feet, Tilly. I can you haven't seen my feet. have? <laughs> this is getting odd. My hair is just really pale, okay? It's there. I'm just saying, that's my sort of, like, lukewarm take, I guess. I think he could be the actual, like, true hero of this whole thing. Especially because he takes the ring, doesn't have any inkling for using it. He does not. Just like Faramir, he was just like, nope, not interested in it. But he's like, I need to press on, and we gotta do what we gotta do for the greater good. Yeah. He takes the ring, he gives it back. Yeah. That's a big mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Frodo wouldn't have made it there without Sam. So I think it's kind of like, you know, obvious. Yeah. I mean, so many times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so many times that Sam saved the day with, like, rope. Mm-hmm. They needed rope. Sam thought about <laughs> rope. He's the the best packer in the business. Yeah. I'm just a Samwise stan, and um, I really wasn't expecting to be going back and reading these because I, you know, as a kid had a Legolas poster in my room, of course. Oh yeah. And then in my like university to early adulthood, definitely was all about Aragorn. I was like, he is the man who will take care of me in my life. (laughs) But I gotta say, I'm turning 30 this like next couple months and Samwise is the man for me. (laughs) Not that any of them are available because they're fictional. But I just felt it had to be said. I just thought of your Instagram question where you're like, what would you want? And I was like, I would want. I said like wisdom or something. And you're like, that's not what I meant. I thought you meant in the whole wide world, what would you want as a gift? I was like, like from the elf lady? Okay. I want wisdom. You're like, nope. It was a valiant try, though. Thank you. It and was. by far the best answer purely for the comedy of it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a lot of what com- Kelly brings to the table is the comedy of it all. And we love it for you. I, I mean, I like to say that I, or I don't like to say, I make a lot of jokes about my intelligence. I know I'm not completely dumb, but if I don't make a joke of it, other people will. So I'll just do it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Oh I mean, that is what they say in stand-up. I took a stand-up course once, and it was very much about you have to say the first thing that people are going to notice about you, and you have to say it first and claim it and make a joke about it before they do. Yeah. But I don't think the first thing people would notice about you, Kelly, is that they would think you're dumb. I was going to say, I'm like, if that's where you're going with this, um, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But just the concept that you were bringing up. No, of yes. course not. I think you're wonderful and intelligent. <laughs> Thank you. 
But anyways, we digress. Digression. <laughs> so, okay, quick question. Um, the Spider Woman. I forget her name. She lob. She lob. She lob. Hmm. Also, not um, a woman, just a spider. I, I know. <laughs> just a just, straight up spider. We just we just don't get to say woman a lot of these books, so Kelly was just going for it. I think Kelly's just, just trying to make herself feel better because she hates spiders. <laughs> Oh, I, just, maybe, yeah. I just had spider goddess in my head from what you said, Tilly. So I was like, the spider woman. And then I thought, kiss of the spider woman. Anyways, I don't know the musical. Anyways, so um, the spider, <laughs> Shelob. Mm. I can't recall. Is she dead? Or did she just scurry off to, like, lick her wounds, if you will? Ew. And then come back and try to get her meal, but he's going to be gone. Yeah, I think she just scurried off. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but Sam definitely stabbed her in a vulnerable place, very deep. And yeah. it, okay, don't make that gross face at me. It's like in her underbelly, like mm-hmm. it was very scarred and gross, mm. and a lot of swords couldn't like get up. Okay, you know what? <laughs> you do. In the undercarriage, there was very a lot of scarring. It was hard to get up there. She's like doing an up motion. <laughs> we get it, Tilly. This is an adult <laughs> podcast, okay? All I'm trying to say is that uh, it takes a lot to wound her, and I think she was quite wounded. Oh, that makes me sad, kind of, even though she is creepy. But uh... <laughs> she was going to kill everyone we liked. Yeah, I mean that's fair. But okay, because I don't know this map at all, the Fellowship is not behind them, right? They're on a total separate path. They're going to meet in the middle at some point. Or, like, they're going to meet at Mordor at some point, because maybe, I don't know, I don't remember. Oh, no? They're not meeting at Mordor. So, what? at the end of the last section, um, I can't remember where Aragorn's going, or if they're still just at Orthanc. They were still in Isengard. Yeah, yeah, they're still in Isengard, but Gandalf has taken Pippin, and they're on their way to Gondor. Yeah. Okay, and so, I need a map. Gondor's close to Mordor. Gondor is very close. I think it's like the last big city before you get to Mordor. Is that right, Nikki? Uh, yeah, it's pretty far over there. Okay, I'm looking up a map right now because this is the problem with me in these books. There's so many places that I'm like, these aren't real names. I don't know where we are. I don't know who these people are who we never meet. Like, it's just, it boggles my mind. So, okay. Gondor is where Boromir and Faramir are from, Correct. Yes. Okay. So they're like right on the the cusp of Mordor, um, on the border or whatever. Uh, That's where Pippin and Aragorn or Gandalf are going. Yeah. Yes. Why? Oh, because he had the the rock, the the rock thing, the eye, not the the eye, the tear. Yes. Um, It's all coming back to me now. Not really. Um, And then, (laughs) and then Frodo and Sam. And Gollum, sort of, they went another path because they were following Gollum and they went through the woods and everything and they saw that spider thing. And they're pretty close to Mordor, though, right? Because all the orcs are there and everything. Yeah, they're pretty much like climbing the cliffs to get into Mordor. Yeah. Okay. And they're so, in the tunnels. Okay. And so Legolas, Gimli, and Mary, and Aragorn. Oh, and him. They're in Isengard? Where the yeah. heck is that in relation? I need it. Okay, Middle Earth map. Oh my god, this picture is like saying things I've never even heard of in my life. Just ignore them. 
Rovanian room? Nope, just ignore them. Don't even read it. Don't even okay. read it. Okay. Doesn't so matter. They don't meet up at Mordor at all? But don't they no. get back together? Yes. Yeah. In Rivendell. Well, isn't that way back in book one? They gotta go all the way back there? Kelly, don't worry. Yeah. You got a whole other it's book fun. to figure it out. Ah! <laughs> I love this. Oh my god. See, every episode, there's a moment where I have a breakdown. I'm like, wait a sec. It's like falsettos. I'm breaking down. I'm breaking down. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the musical references today. Okay. But like, okay. Okay, great. I don't even know what my question was anymore then. I'm so, okay. <sighs> don't worry about it. It's gonna be it's gonna be totally great. Like don't yeah. don't worry about how they're gonna get back together. Just let them take you on the journey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, not to worry, Kelly, because we still have a whole book to figure all this out, and we've got two more episodes left of this mini series. So with that, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of our JRR Tolkien miniseries. Join us next week as we begin discussing the final book in the trilogy, The Return of the King. If you liked this episode and want to see more from us, you can head on over to our Instagram at Podcast to keep up to date with what we're doing and our TikTok at BringYourOwnBookPodcast to see some more funny bookish content. I hope you follow us further into Mordor next week because you know I'll be cheering Samwise on. Cheers! Cheers!